Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast completely dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving, using, loving, leaning into your gifts, talents, skills, and divine calling sometimes. So today I'm uh, delighted to have a gift guest, uh, Kim Groshek. Sorry. Welcome to the show, Kim. Well, thanks for having me. It's a beautiful day today in the neighborhood. I love the sun coming through your windows and it's going to be a great day. Great talk. I'm so glad that you offered your stage to me today. I can't. You're absolutely welcome. So the first thing that I not always, but often ask people is, um, and I don't give a big introduction and I, but I will, as we go along. Kim's very impressive. We'll just start with that. But the first thing I want you to tell us is tell us how Kim chooses to add good to the world. Wow. Well, how I choose to add good to the world is actually being just leading from my heart. So what I do is I actually serve. I'm actually in service rather than any other thing. And actually, when I find myself pushing I find myself actually not inside of coming from my heart. So I I believe that I resonate more powerfully when I'm grounded and I'm actually just like, it's almost like I have no, nothing inside of me in a way. Like I kind of let everything empty, kind of like we were talking about earlier about our calendars, right? I let everything empty and then I start from a blank page, if you want to call it that. And then I just lead my discussion and my stories from my heart. So when you do that, so so I get it, empty things and be empty, a conduit for spirit, a conduit for intuition, and then act on that intuition. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that look like? So obviously you don't stand on a street corner with a sandwich board and glow. Intuition. (laughs) <laughs> so you do some other activities that yeah. um, that are part of your leadership. You use the word lead mm-hmm. uh, by intuition and from your heart. So dimensionalize that a little bit for me. Tell me what that looks like. Well, obviously, you know that I'm the pause lady, but um, typically everything that I do, I actually take a pause. Um, like, for instance, I actually do mindful practices every day. I'm sure I think you and I do that as a regular practice. I talk to a lot of people, they do that, some kind of mindful mm-hmm. practices. But anytime I do anything, like if I go on the stage, mm-hmm. there is a there is a routine that I follow. First of all, it's like I kind of just get my I, I clear my space being I don't go and have conversations with everyone before I'm on stage. Then I also do yoga for an hour before I have a really, a very more yin healing yoga that I do. It's very breath work. And then um, 
I kind of take some, and there's meditation in that, but I actually take five minutes before I actually go on stage. And that's just one example of doing something, right? Um, I meditate, I close my eyes and I just kind of get grounded, take like three or four deep breaths. And then I take a pause again and then I walk out on stage. So that's an example of something that I actually get present in and how I do it. I mean, there's all different things, right? In my day, I carve out time every morning. Um, like I had mentioned where I, you know, I have a set time, 7.30 in the morning. My husband knows this. We only have one car where we are right now. And he always is has everything ready by 7.30 so that I can hop in the Jeep. We can take a 30-minute drive. And I can just be there. We can talk or not. It's almost like meditative when we do talk because it's not a forced thing. And then there's no pressure. Everything is like off my plate. There's no thoughts around work. There's no thoughts around, oh, I have to get anything done. Because I know that the next step is going in the warm, heated pool outdoors. And I go swimming for an hour. And that is another meditation for me. Um, and I really try to stay more in my in my the moment. Like I think of my thought, the thoughts that come up, right? I swim and I meditate. Thoughts come up, they go away. Sometimes I think about it, sometimes not. And I always come out of the pool refreshed. And many people ask, how can you swim for an hour like that? And it's more, I don't even know it's an hour because I'm in the moment each time. It's just like running, right? And then I take some time in the Jeep on the way back for 30 minutes. So again, that is my start of every single day, unless there's times when, you know, there's, there's days when it's not always the same, but the majority of the time I carve out that time and then I'm ready to hit the ground running during that really powerful focus time, mm -hmm. a window. What is a, you said you, you referred yourself as the pause lady and I know that, but the listeners aren't going to know what that is. Uh, mm -hmm. You've given us some preview by emphasizing the number of spaces and the amount of space. When you teach people, help them pause, get grounded. Mm -hmm. You've used that kind of language. Yep. What does that mean? And what does it do? Yeah. So pause is a modality or a container right? It is a word that helps people just get started. Um, and usually what I do is I just start, there's a lot of people that don't even have time or think they have time in their mind to pause. But what I do is I structure a pause for 15 minutes a day challenge for, for people. Intentional. And I have these structured groups that we meet weekly they set the, each person sets an intention on pausing 15 minutes a certain way. And that's where the question comes in. Typically I'll give a framework, just like any learning. Here is the structured framework. Pause, shut everything off, walk away, sit down, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and then settle and sit for 15 minutes. And then once people practice that, you know, then there's an accountability time where we get together every week and how did it go? And it's okay. There's forgiveness around that if we don't, doesn't go right. Right. And then we set a new intention, but then once people get the depth of, of pause and the value in it and they go, oh my goodness, I got more time. I got reconnected to myself. Oh my goodness. I want to study my ancestry. Right. Things start showing up 
or, oh, I want to try this time box more. Maybe I'll do focus on my finances and put a little pause in my day and put 15 minutes and start structuring my time box. So pause becomes then more. It's not just the breathing, which is very important, but the pause is the first step in practicing. The pause could be even, which some people did, um, pausing when you speak. And that's what I'm going to do right now and let you catch up. So I think it, it's clear. Pause is the intentional creation of space. Mm -hmm. And you have a framework around it, including breathing and, you know, stepping away and disconnecting and some things like that. Mm -hmm. And so you've answered both. I said, what is it and what does it do? You've mentioned some things that people remark, the mm -hmm. clarity or the clearing out yep. of clutter, clarity about something to do, remembering something that might be important or that they want to do. And you mentioned, you know, finances or ancestry or it doesn't really matter. Mm -mm. So what is it that, and if, if there's more to add to that, you can do it. But my question is, what is it that brought you to a place that said, this is important mm -hmm. for me yeah. to do and then for me to share? Right. Well, there were many different um, incidents in my life because obviously I'm a computer scientist and cognitive scientist by trade. I've been doing it since probably I was three years old. I went to went to work with my dad, right? And all those little IBM cards or the people call them punch cards, whatever, right? Right. Um, and I transitioned into it, not knowing I was supposed to be a fashion designer. But anyway, not knowing that I was moving into that because I am a very creative soul. And I think computers give you, you know, you can be creative in, you know, break fixing things, right? Creative in how you fix it strategically. But what happened was... Um, I was going for my PhD in Chicago, walking lunch hour, teaching, you know, how you do that when you, <laughs> you have to do all those extra things, research and all that. And the streets uh, during lunch hour, obviously, are very packed. And there was this little boy, and this was probably 15 years ago before the technology became streamlined. And uh, he was eight years old, with you know, working on a Game Boy and when the way I was raised was a little different, but he was looking in this Game Boy and he ran into me. Didn't even look up, right? And no one else had these devices yet. I mean, now we all do, right? And then his dad walked past me and didn't, you know, usually there's some kind of conversation about, you know, whatever, but nothing. And at that moment, I realized we were shifting from the, de the devices were coming, right? We didn't all have devices in our pockets, but they were coming. I knew it because I was always ahead of the game with computers, right? And um, I predicted that the devices would be in the driver's seat on the bus and we would start being in the back seat. I saw that shift. And then about seven years later, I was the first adapter actually of social media back in 2005 when they opened it up just a few colleges because I was teaching as an adjunct while I was working. And, um, but anyway, about seven years later, I was still in social media, right? And I would wake up in the morning and I would find myself because my family's in there and my friends and all my running friends. And all of a sudden I'd be looking at my watch and it was six hours later. 
And at that moment, now this is just one incident. This doesn't even show the crux of it, but that was the big impetus for me to actually test it because I personally like to apply what I actually, what I, what I teach. Right. And so I decided at that moment that I would disconnect my, from my device at that time, we were already using all, everyone was using devices. So I disconnected entirely for a year. I just called the company and said no more. And I disconnected from social media for six months. And immediately I found the stress releasing from my neck, which I, attention, I didn't even know I had. And then I would find myself, oh, I'm going to start writing a little in the morning, 15 minutes and just go out on the deck and write. And then I'd write poetry about the birds singing. And I'd started becoming more aware of things around me. Then I started to practice swimming and master swim and did an Ironman because I had more time, right, to do these extra things. And I started getting really connected to myself and, and what I was doing, my behaviors, um, just a lot of things. And I wrote about it every day, right? And I knew, obviously, you know, I went back into it because my parent, my family was like, this is the way we communicate. And then I was missing right, things. Right, right, that, yeah. right. I didn't want to miss that because they already had that behavior, right? And you can't change. There's a big group doing this. Um, but what really, what was the impetus was only six months ago. Now I knew it was common and I did a lot of things in between there, but six months ago, there was a 16 year old promising football player and he had a scholarship. The university already gave him a scholarship at 16. So he was already what, three years and two years or whatever, had a schedule. Right. He had met a girl online and fell in love with her. And then he found out it was some scam, some guy that was about 50 years or 60 years old. And, like the boy did not know what to do. I'm guessing because he ended up committing suicide. And this is when I said that enough is enough. We need to do something. I need to do something. So at that moment, then I ran a five day pause challenge and I had, you know, 300 people show up, 42 experts. And really, you know, there's this, this whole thing around the pause with expertise. It's not just me. I have a lot of really seasoned professionals that deal with anger see you know no longer you know like the anger problems the mental health solutions um even managing your time and when you said clearing out right well that is what i do i mean people come to me because their life is like chaos overwhelming right and the first step that you know it solves is actually settling and the overwhelm gets released. And that's where that tension in my neck went away, right? That first time I did it. And mm -hmm. so I applied all different kinds of practices. And I did that, like I explained to you where, you know, there was an intentional every week, people would set intentions of what they would do to pause. Everyone was different. And part of what I teach in the pause and the time box, which are, again, modalities or containers that you use just to get you going, is the time box is very similar to Pareto, but Pareto is a different technique with different timing. The time box that I use is very specific to, to 15 minutes, but it also has a lot to do with agreements in what you do. And that's where that intentional piece comes in where I would, each person would go around the room and then explain what they're going to do, what they did last week, but what they're going to do next week, each day when they pause. 
giving, empowering each individual to make the choice. And the whole point here is freedom, right? And, and owning your power, which is what pause does. So if you're, so if I understand this, stand this right, you said, okay, this terrible thing happened. It happened partly as a result of overwhelm, being disconnected, being fooled, you know, the kinds of things get completely sucked into the, you know, those old science fiction movies, right? Somebody looks at a TV screen and then what? They get sucked in there and they're in the thing. I, a long time ago, there was an old program called Max Headroom, uh, which is, I can't re remember how long ago, but somebody <laughs> got sucked into the computer and then they were this cartoon sort of character. Max Headroom. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember that one, by the way. <laughs> that was hysterical. I mean, it was, it it was, was funny. But it isn't anymore. <laughs> no, it isn't anymore because it's real. And so yes. it's just interesting because you're you're saying the accountability in the groups they're doing whatever they're doing in their lives yep. but this is reporting and choosing and then reporting yeah. how they're going to structure these breaks mm -hmm. to declutter and reconnect with themselves not with uh, stuff or right. you know the electronics and People come to you to to explore this because they are overwhelmed and don't have the, the the structure, the framework to implement this kind of disconnection and clean out. Right. And well, so there were there, want that. yes. So we are taught. I mean, I know I come from industry for thirty five years, just like you, mm -hmm. where I would bop into all these different companies, right? And you become so okay. Whatever they, you just kind of. You're sucked in and you're following whatever's going on, just to, and, but you're proactively trying to get stuff moving too. And mm -hmm. um, what it's, uh, I mean, there are people like that coming to me and it takes weeks before they can actually settle on, I can actually pause like in their mind. Like there are many weeks where they're saying, I just don't understand how to pause. I, I My day is so, so packed. I barely made the meeting, you know, all these things that happen that they aren't even listening in the meeting when we're, or the gathering we're talking about and trying to connect around, but they're getting it. They're, they're hearing, but it's not, and there were really smart people in, in there, but it's just that it's, you know, 14 hour work days and I'm not kidding. Right. Cause we have to get everything done and then of course care of the family and whatever else is going on. Right. What do you suppose, so I'm going to shift a little bit. What mm -hmm. has happened to us over the last 5, 10, and 15 years? Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the, you know, sort of an exponential graph of yep. a busyness or I don't even call it busyness, energy absorption of our yes. lives, this sort of yes. vacuum of our yep. essential energy. What yeah. is happening in our world, our society, that we have both created and allowed this yep. insatiable energy vacuum to not only suck us dry, but also make us seem like it's important to let it happen. Yeah. Well, there's many different factors here. I'm not going to be able to cover them all in this conversation. Of course not. But I'm going to say number one is the fear of missing out is in here. And this is where we all are. So we feel like, because there are some people that parents that say, I'm not going to let my child have these but then they miss out on having a social life because the social life is in there. That's number one. We're also teaching our kids way young. Remember when we had security blankets or yeah. our 
did. Well, this is becoming that. And the kids don't even know anything different. Now I'm coming from that. Now that's a different trend coming up, which hasn't even shown up yet. Mm-hmm. But the trend of you, we have to always on, right? And what the other thing is the speed of this we follow. So for instance, the other morning I got up and my husband had the TV on and I'm listening to someone talking and I said, that can't be a person. That's got to be a computer. And then I look and sure enough, it's a young girl speaking that fast because we are following what's going on in here, the speed of light, the speed of, you know, whatever, audio, whatever it is, because yeah. we're trying to keep up. And then there's all these emails and then there's everything else. And then we got to keep on. And then it's like there is no, that's where the the pause gives you time to say, okay, I got to turn off, shut down. I'm going to stop reading my emails at five o'clock. There's people that do that now. Or the structure of the workplace is the other place. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's virtual or not. You are going from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And there's no time to, you know, at least 15 minutes in between if there's some kind of anger or 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 stress or something that's happening in that meeting. You go right from that to another one. And then there's no time to breathe. And we aren't breathing. We aren't even realizing we aren't breathing. We don't breathe. How are we so stupid that (laughs) we think that we schedule back to back? Mm -hmm. Not always, but in many cases, meetings don't go like you want them to. And there's some leftovers from any meeting, little things you need to write down or some piece of upsetness or some very short but immediate kind of follow-up that's a good idea for whatever reason. And so there's all these leftover tales that hang out. Mm-hmm. And since you're scheduled back to back, those don't get done. And you're not even energetically present in the next meeting for the mm-hmm. first 15 or 20 minutes anyway, right. while you either try to remember whatever those leftovers are or mm-hmm. ruefully realize you've forgotten them all or mm-hmm something or you try to hurry up and do something and hope nobody's looking at you while the meeting starts like right. how we, how are we how how have we become so stupid that we think that is a good idea well i don't know if that's a word stupid but here's the deal i raise my daughter the way i'm talking which is a proactive approach where she actually does shut her stuff off and i know when i call and she doesn't answer it's because she had she's implementing the rule in her in her she's proactively doing this she also designs her meetings the way I talk about. And, you know, even though it is very stressful for her, she's in a high position. However, she does stru- structure it so that she turns off and she does have it structured that her partner reminds her to be done. Like cause sometimes she'll get so caught into it. So there is the framework she's putting in place to make it work. I don't think people are taking the time to be proactive. They're just reacting and coming home to the kids now. And now I got to deal with the kids, which is not a bad thing, but it's like, then I'm reacting to the kids stuff. Well, it's the same thing. It's crammed and there's no space to digest. It's like eating breakfast and then eating lunch before you've digested your food. And I called it stupid because (laughs) anybody, any of us, if we step back and just look at the structure from a macro context, even for a minute, it becomes obvious that those leftovers never get digested, whether right. it's food or whether it's an energetic construct or consequence of yep. whatever just happened. 
And yeah. it isn't and complicated to realize it's not very intelligent. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's more that's yeah. I mean, that is very true. And in in there, the thing is we're getting sicker, right? Because we're not listening to our bodies. And like you said, it doesn't digest and it really doesn't. Our bodies are actually not because we aren't allowing it. You do need just that. That's why people call, do the intermittent fasting because there is that time around sugar. At least that's some kind of proactive management that you can do on your body. But there's so much more, right? So yeah. much more. And so, yeah, yeah, no, I think that we have, we have pretended and I don't know, I think if I pay, if I don't pay attention to that, then I'm being stupid. I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive with the no, word. I know. I'm just <laughs> it's like for crying out loud. We're, yeah. And you know who's the worst? What? All the smart people. Yeah. All yeah. the smart people that are so like overflowing with brilliance mm -hmm. are the first ones to succumb to this insanity. Right. Right. And that's why that's why I am talking to companies to put pause into companies as an onboarding approach. I'm working with schools to put programs in place, plus working one on one with individuals and then groups because it, and they say, well, what who do you who who do you work with most? It's everyone <laughs> because everyone's OK. I, there are groups. I mean, I went to the rec center and the kids are playing basketball and stuff. And so and there are times when they aren't doing what I'm saying. but. Um, and not everyone is the majority, right? There's some 5% of not, but it's it's all over. It's everywhere. So yeah. tell me, tell me what the programs look like. Like you talked about a mastermind where there's a weekly meeting yes. where people simply commit. This is what I'm going to do this week to pause <laughs> every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know if you include the weekends. Maybe you do. Uh, you know, this is my pause commitment. So we have a mastermind where you go around, there's 10 people and everybody commits to their pause activity for the week. I'm well, making that up. I don't have any yeah, idea. Yeah, that's not that's exactly how it works. It's more agile. We do more of a on-demand solution so people don't have to come together to meet. Yeah, but this okay. is the funny thing. I'm teaching these people this. Okay, first let's look at our year. Let's block things out. Okay, now let's look at our day. And it's like, because no one's doing it. They're just taking whatever, like you were saying, you know, you clear off your calendar, put the important stuff on. They aren't, they're just taking whatever is coming at them, drinking, you know, drinking from, <laughs> from the hose, water hose, right? And they aren't take. so I teach, teach them time management techniques and everyone's different. One person's overwhelmed with transitioning from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur and she's trying to juggle everything. And I just in three days, she goes, oh my goodness, I feel focused and streamlined and I'm taking my pauses. You know, I do have to remind her <laughs> because well, yeah. to get back to it. But, you know, that's an example. There's so everyone has different situations. You know, one one person wants to move from A to B and they're struggling in the circle of unhappy life over here. Right. So then I mm -hmm. help them stop running in a circle and I help them move forward, you know. So through structure. Why do you suppose, why do you suppose uh, maybe it isn't true? So let me ask you, mm -hmm. is, do you find that people with any resistance, meaning E.g., if I do this thing nobody else is doing, I turn off, I disconnect, I'm not on tap 24-7. Yep. Uh, do you find people with resistance that feels like yep. somehow they'll be at a disadvantage because they've taken the yep. sort of Birkenstock yep. approach to life instead yep. of the, I'm here, I'm on, let's do it? Tell me about yeah, that Yeah, so usually, usually they aren't ready. Usually they aren't in my mastermind because of that, but... 
they will be right there by me because I take a seven day with my husband pause where we actually put our technology aside and go on a bike ride for seven days and, you know, all the way up uh, the coast. Mm -hmm. And many pe those people are the first ones that say, how do you do that? Okay. I just turn my thing off and we make an agreement and we just, but we have, we have, you know, my daughter knows who to call. We're, we're with a group just in case something, you know, some emergency happens. We did it back in the seventies and eighties, right? We can do this, <laughs> but those aren't, those people aren't ready. Or the one that said, you know, she, she'd show up, but she'd never apply the, apply the practice and she'd be struggling. She, she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready to make the commitment to do it. And, and that's fine. Some people just are not ready. Right. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Because when you're not ready to do it, it's usually because you're afraid of something. So what, I, what are we afraid of? I, you know, I'm honestly, I think we're afraid of ourselves. It's kind of wild. Elaborate. Well, I think, you know, what's inside there. I mean, I just recently wrote about something that happened to me two, 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 uh, 20 years ago. And it was a black hole. And I didn't even know what was happening at the time. I just knew it was six months of black hole. Right. Because it was something that was like, wow, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And there are times even in what I was was transitioning, it's a there's this fear of the unknown. Right. Which is inside of you. So the and you know, I always envision it like I'm standing at the edge of this forest and it's black. It's black in there. It's scary, you know, <laughs> and a lot of times we avoid we avoid the hard stuff. Right. We avoid the hard stuff and we go right to the easy. Guess what's easy? It's easy because it's distracting. It's like a dopamine rush. We get the yep. pictures and the videos and the TikTok seconds and whatever it is. You know something? I've never actually looked at a TikTok video. <laughs> I, I'm on TikTok, but I don't, I'm not on it. Like I have an account, but it, I get emails and it's like, okay, I just throw it away. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed I that. I, I didn't even think about it. I think, think that would it. just go, I think I would go like crazy because I have enough to deal with. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. The only thing I've seen on TikTok <laughs> is they're advertising TikTok on television now. I well, saw the other day an ad for TikTok trying to convince me that TikTok was about adding good to the world. And oh. it showed some example of this, that, and the other. And I thought, you must really be in trouble if you're advertising. Anyway, whatever. So... Tell us, tell us where people can find out more books that you have, websites, yep. things to, to relate to, to find out so that people can begin to understand what you're teaching, what you've learned and follow you and, and so forth. Yeah. So they can go out to Kim Groshek, K-I-M-G-R-O-S-H-E-K.com. Everything's out there. My masterminds, all of my books, my new fiction novel, Shards of the Past. Um, and the reason why I have that, actually, I just want to share a little. Because um, I wanted to tell a story of COVID in a way mm -hmm. that could be fictionalized, but could, there could be underlying tones of what's going on in the world. It's mm -hmm. like a domino, you know, the dominoes when we set them up. When that happened, I have a nurse that, you know, lives in that space and, you know, she deals with conflict. You know how that goes. She goes to the future and she lives in this dramatic shift unexpected to what happened. The dominoes went the wrong way because of these decisions we all made in COVID time. Mm -hmm. It was all made. It's done. It's already there. And so I just wanted the every, all the readers to see the impact because it's happening. It's happening. 
And it's probably going to, what I predicted and, and imagined is probably lesser than what really is going to be. It's going faster than I imagined. And she comes back again to the, to the current state. So yeah, that's why, that's why that is really important. I don't think anyone's talking about, everyone talks behind closed doors, but I don't think anyone talks about it. I think people are afraid to speak. So I wrote more from the fiction angle. So, you know, just so people. What is it that we should be afraid of? In that context, oh. <laughs> well, it's happening already. We have our AI taking over. Mm-hmm. They're taking us over. Our minds are, you know, there. There are even movies out there where the kids, the young kids that I just told you about, the security blankets, they're sitting in a. There's one that they're sitting in an egg or something, and they're just they have their head wake up every morning, and they think they're eating, but they're not. They're getting, you know, IVs and they're not moving their body. You know what that their is? That's straight is out of those eggs working. from the, the eggs from the Matrix. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> oh, something. It wasn't the Matrix, but it was a different um, thing. But yeah, yes, very well, much is. concerning. And no one is paying attention to that. And so I just wanted to. It's something we really do. Someone needs to take action. And I figured I'm the one that can do that. Well, you started the pause thing and you're starting this. So calling attention, getting people stirred up to do some thinking, to clean out the clutter and, you know, the the obsession with 24-7 is certainly a a detriment to free thinking, to rational creation. You know, it it becomes this sort of disconnected discombobulation. Ooh, disconnected discombobulation. Okay, cool. So, Kim, is there anything else, last words of wisdom or fun or both that you'd like to share with us? <laughs> well, all I can tell is tell your audience is just try practicing the pause, even if it's five minutes, because I know it might take a bit because when I practice meditation, it took me a minute of meditation to get to five minutes. So if you can just set an intention for yourself to practice a pause at least five minutes a day and then keep adding and just kind of reflecting on what it's doing in your life and seeing what kind of power you're getting back, it will be very interesting to hear. And you can always send me a little note on my website and let me know or go to LinkedIn. You can find me there. Send me a message and tell me how it went for you. Kim, thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me. I want to encourage each of you that are watching or listening, either one, to take this seriously because creating space, and, you know, she was very clear about not telling you exactly what to do with the space, but create space where you're not doing anything. Disconnect, breathe, slow down so that you have the opportunity to connect all those things that are floating around because we are so frantic. I certainly know that what she's telling you is true. I would encourage you to listen a couple of times and then try it and give her some feedback on the website. I know that if you take time to breathe and trust yourself, your own intuition, you can move forward as you create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is your ultimate life. 
with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet